Chapter Seven of Pursuit by Lester Del Rey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The paper he'd found kept the other passengers on the bus from seeing him, but he was too deep in his own thoughts to read it. His eyes roamed back to the story of the cop-killing monster, a seemingly harmless florist in Brooklyn who'd suddenly gone berserk and rushed down the streets with a knife. He'd been wrong in thinking it concerned him. And he'd been wrong about thinking anyone would try to kill him on sight. The reward notice and picture were in front of his eyes, but it was a reward for information, and there was a huge box that proclaimed he was not a criminal and must not be harmed, or even allowed to know he was recognized. The facts only confused the issue. He twisted about in his mind, trying to explain why the young man had left him to drift down and gone rushing into the apartment. He was ready for the collecting, and he'd been left uncollected. The girl had said there were no aliens. Now he wondered. She had known more than he'd found from her. She'd known his brand of cigarettes, even. And there had been a shopping list, with the lipstick on it, the same type he now remembered her using. He'd known her before, and not just as a little girl. That tied him in with Meinzer, who was a mystery in himself. He puzzled over it. The things that had happened to him had always been preceded by violent emotion, instead of followed by it. Usually it had been fear, but sometimes some other emotion, as had been the case just before he was suddenly shifted to the moon. Whenever he seemed on the verge of discovering something, or emotional upset, it hit at him. Did that mean he was only susceptible to the phenomenon when off balance? It still didn't account for the fact that some things hadn't directly affected him at all. The more he knew, the less he knew. He got off the bus and headed for the warehouse. This time, he had to wait before he could see a chance to dart under the trailer and into the entrance. He noticed that the gray sedan was parked nearby. He darted in. They were still there. He heard Ellen's voice, sounding as if she had been crying, and then an answer from the other. He felt his way carefully over the rubble, working as close as he could. Now, if he sprang a few feet, must be a time jump the man's voice said doubtfully i tell you ellen those damn fools were firing at him up there in the air while you and i were still with him in the apartment that's an angle of this psi factor stuff we hadn't expected the voice stopped for a moment then it picked up again Gratit, i wish you hadn't called the fbi on him they got rattled when he came out looking like a saint with a halo and jumped fifty feet up to float around. Some fools started shooting, and the rest joined in. I had to. He was talking about alien monsters. I thought he was going crazy, Dan. I couldn't tell him anything. I promised him I wouldn't, and I kept my promise. But I thought enough of them might catch him somehow. Dan, can't we find him now? He needs us. Hawks lay frozen. He tried to move forward, but his body was tense, waiting for more. If something happened now... Alien monsters? Dan's voice grew bitter. It is alien, and a monster. This psi factor, 
the words blurred and seemed to echo and re-echo inside hawk's head that made twice he'd heard them mention the psi factor the strange ability of a few human minds to perform seeming miracles men who had it could roll dice the way they wanted young girls sometimes had it before puberty and could throw heavy objects around a room without touching them they did not even know that they were the cause of the motion but blamed it on poltergeists other men caused strange accidents fires for instance the old salamander legend there'd been a piece of paper psi equals alpha the psi factor was the beginning of infinity for mankind but it had been wrong he'd changed that on the other side it should have read psi equals omega the absolute end he gasped hoarsely and heard their startled voices stop while the flashlight beam swung around to pick him out of the darkness he felt ellen and her younger brother dan pulling him forward into the little cave with them he heard their voices questioning him but his head was spinning madly under the sudden flood of memories that the missing key word had suddenly brought back the letter from professor meinzer that had been about his paper on poltergeists which the old man had seen before publication he'd been doing research on the psi factor for the government and he needed a mathematician even one who could prove something that he knew wasn't true provided the mathematics could handle his theories hawk's head was suddenly brimming with mental images of the seven months while he worked on the mathematics to tie down the strange pattern of brain waves the old professor had found in the minds of those who had the mysterious psi factor dan had worked with them in a little cluttered apartment building the apparatus they needed it was through dan that ellen was hired as a general assistant and secretary there had been only four of them working in the deepest secrecy in the three rooms which the government had felt were more suitable to maintain complete security than any deeply buried laboratory could have been ellen made a pretense of living there and it was a neighborhood where no landlady worried about the men who went into a girl's place provided everything was quiet they'd succeeded too they had found a tiny bundle of cells that controlled the psi factor and learned to stimulate them by artificial wave trains and hypnosis but the small group in the top division of the government to whom they were responsible had demanded more proof hawks had treated himself secretly not knowing that Meinzer had done the same two days before and both had learned the same thing the wild talents appeared but they couldn't be controlled Meinzer hadn't found the security in the hospital hard as he'd tried to find it he'd gotten up in the middle of the night and walked through the solid wall unable to stop until he was back with the group hawks had tried another way to stop the wild abilities that operated without his conscious control he prepared a new hypnotic tape worded to make him forget everything he knew or even the fact that he had worked on the psi factor he'd put in commands that would make him avoid any reference to it so that he couldn't learn accidentally he ordered his brain to have nothing to do with it then he drugged himself with a combination of opioids and hypnotics that should have knocked out a horse then he telephoned dan to have men pick him up in an hour and keep him drugged he turned on the tape recorder and stumbled back into the bed he groaned as he remembered his failure 
It's the ultimate, absolute alien, all right, the back of man's own mind. It's Freud's unconsciousness, or id. The psi factor is controlled by that and not by the conscious mind. And the id is a primitive beast. It operates on raw impulse, without reason or social consciousness. Every man's unconscious is back in the jungle, before civilization. And we've given that alien thing the greatest power that could exist when we wake up the psi power. Meinzer thought it was controlled for a while, Ellen said. He came when Dan and I called him. I went with him up to your apartment while Dan got the men to carry you away. But we couldn't reach you. Meinzer barely touched the tape recorder, then something seemed to pick us up and drive us out of the room and down the stairs. We were just going back when you came out. She shuddered, and Hawks nodded. He'd obviously used the psi factor to throw off the drugs at the first sign of anyone near him. He told them sickly what had happened to the old man. So I killed him, he finished bitterly. Dan shook his head. No, your psi factor works differently. You control heat and radiation. You can move yourself or any object in space for almost any distance. Instantly, if you want. And it seems you can do the same thing through time. But you can't disintegrate things, as Meinzer could. He had a suicide urge. We knew that before. When it got out of control again, he blew himself up, just as your dominant urge to protect yourself did all those things around you. Hawks grimaced. It wasn't pleasant to know that he'd been doing all the things he'd blamed on monsters. He'd somehow remembered that someone was supposed to come get him, and he'd run out of wild fear while his unconscious mind blasted the apartment with heat to destroy all traces. He'd blasted down the subway entrance with another bolt of energy to make his getaway. The poor cat had surprised him and had been killed. His unconsciousness gone wild had tossed Dan's car 200 feet to the roof of the garage. When it found him losing control emotionally with Ellen, it hadn't let his conscious brain give it the information it needed. It had simply thrown him completely off earth, pulled air to him, and warmed the rocks. Then, when it found the moon unfit for life, it had thrown him back to his own world. It had tossed him two hours back in time this morning, and lifted him into the air while it pelted his enemies with rocks, and built a wall around him by throwing the bullets back instantly. And it had somehow clung to the implanted idea that he must not find out about himself. It had destroyed anything where the written word might have given him a hint, and had even melted the telephone so that he couldn't continue listening to other evidence. It had probably done a thousand other things that he couldn't even remember, whenever its wild, reasonless fear had been aroused, and it decided that he had to be protected. You should have killed me, he told them, but he knew they couldn't have done it. We had to let you sweat it out. You made us promise not to tell you anything, and we thought you might be right, Ellen told him. We thought that it might adjust after a while. All we did was try to pick you up until we knew it was impossible until sis tipped off the government men dan added hawks could imagine what their reaction had been to having a man with his power running wild he was surprised that they had bothered to make even an attempt to see that he wasn't harmed he shrugged helplessly 
And where does it leave us now? Beyond this hole in the ground. The government's put about fifty specialists on the notes you and Meinzer left, Dan answered, but there was no assurance in his voice. They're trying to find some way to bring the psi factor under control of your logical, rational mind. He got to his knees and began crawling out of the little cave, while Hawks tried to help Ellen follow him. Outside, Dan knocked off the dirt from his clothes and headed for the sedan he'd somehow gotten off the roof. Hawks followed, for want of anything better to do. He knew the answers now, and he was worse off than ever. Instead of a horde of outside aliens, he had one single monster in his own skull, where he could never fight it, or even hope to escape it. The power had been meant as a hope for the world. A man who could work such seeming miracles could have ended the threat of war. He could have been the perfect spy, or better at attack than a hundred hydrogen bombs that had smashed whole cities to remove a few men and weapons. But now the world was better off without him. So long as he was still alive, there was nothing but danger from the alien monster in his head. He had no idea of his limits, but he was sure that it could trigger the energies of the universe to move the whole world out of its orbit if it seemed necessary for his personal survival. The End of Chapter 7 of Pursuit by Lester Del Rey